Welcome everyone. Here with me today for this episode of HR Tech Chat is Randy Cooper. Uh, he's the Chief of Strategy and founder of People Strategy. Uh, just the other day, he and I had a fascinating discussion around concrete and abstract HCM. We'll include a link uh, to a research report of ours around concrete and abstract HCM with this video, by the way. And, and, and we just thought it would be interesting to revisit the conversation. Welcome, Randy. Thanks, Brent. Glad to be here. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Um, so why don't we start there? Uh, a lot of people hear the term abstract and concrete HCM and they wonder, what does that mean? Uh, yeah, I've heard it, you know, put different ways, tactical versus strategic HCM, soft versus hard benefits, these sorts of things. Uh, when we came up with the idea of concrete versus abstract, we wanted to just kind of give it a, a new twist for people to think about it in a new way and maybe understand that um, that uh, that both are important. So uh, I guess I probably let the horse out of the barn there with that statement, but, but in any event, um, what are some of the things that you folks are doing over people's strategy around around these concepts or some of the ideas that you have um, that you're looking to, to uh, deploy and implement? Sure. Um yeah, and as from our prior conversation, you know, the, the terminology we use is hard and soft, simple, straightforward. Um, we define it as hard. HR is the basically the the process clearly defined things that you need to do to deliver human resources, benefits, payroll to your uh, employees. So those are very defined. We know what they are. Um, everybody needs to do, every vendor needs to do them and needs to do them well. And so I know from our perspective and my perspective of building this company, our focus was on um, the Trinity to me as HR benefits and payroll. I've been in this industry for 30 years. I've seen it. I've, I've seen it back in the days when they were very tightly integrated through the 90s and the aughts when they seemed to split apart and and companies would have a different vendor uh, doing their benefits technology than doing their payroll uh, versus their HR. And now um, in the last decade, we've started to see some uh, rational thought, I think, again, bring those things together. They're so intertwined. Um, you just open yourself up when the, with those three pieces aren't uh, very tightly integrated. Um, so our focus uh, had been in, uh, in building those components, making sure that they were tightly integrated, that they were extremely modern and uh, could take us to where we want to take this company. Um, and then uh, recently, as you know, I stepped down as the CEO uh, of the company to really focus on long-term strategy for the business. And that um, is kind of the beginning of the process as we're really deeply now starting to uh, look at the soft side of HR and how that intertwines. And, and I think what we've seen so far is that um, historically, there's hard providers and soft providers. There does not yet to be, seem to be providers that cover the spectrum of both very well. There are some trying, but nobody's quite gotten there yet. And so I think for me, uh, being a lot of my history has been around the hard HR part, um, I'm having a great time learning and, and speaking with other vendors and analysts and getting a, a feel for what is soft HR because it's still yeah. this thing that you called abstract. That's because it's abstract, right? We're, yes. we're trying to figure out what it's going to be. Um, you know, we, we've seen some, some things that are helping us formulate exactly how we believe we can create um, uh, nice 
uh, consistent, integrated, soft value for clients uh, in our space as we as we move forward. And that's kind of, you know, that's where we're, we're looking to focus. Yeah, that's really interesting uh, what you mentioned there. We, we don't know what abstract HCM really is. Like it's we're working on just as an industry, all of us in this market space, we're trying to figure out, OK, and I might be using this word wrong, uh, but taxonomize it. What what are the um, what are the individual aspects of what are the building blocks of abstract HCM? Uh, the, when you talk about it, when I find myself thinking about abstract HCM and writing about it, it always comes back to this 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 idea of a of a of a better employer culture, which which everyone wants, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, and and it's one of those things you know it when you see it, right? It's hard to define uh, sometimes, but but you really know the the good employer, uh, the the positive employer culture when you see it. Um, but beyond that, you know what are that's an interesting question. What are the building blocks of soft HCM, and uh, and what are what what is the goal? With uh, with getting better at soft HCM, I think. And and one other thing uh, I want to get out here before I forget uh, is um, we were talking about it last time. Is this idea of how do how do you get an organization? When's the ideal time to get an organization, an employer thinking about soft HCM, or or can you sort of even this isn't the right word, but um, but almost uh, trick them into thinking about it so early that they don't have to worry about it later. Yeah, tricked is definitely not the right word there, but um, <laughs> I know where you're going with it. I understand it. Um, yeah, I think, you know, what, I'm a serial entrepreneur. Um, this is my third business in the space that I've built in the last 30 years. So um, I'm very comfortable with uh, with recognizing um, all of us are at fault here. We are, especially as old guys with gray hairs. We're, we're, <laughs> we're at fault because we get comfortable in what we do. And as a result, we don't step back and really look at it with brand new eyes. And I can't remember if on our last chat we talked about this, but as I was starting to figure out, you know, what is this exactly? The, the first thing I did is I, we've been hiring a lot of folks lately. So I went to our director of HR and said, hey, can you get me a round table with half a dozen employees that have joined in the last month or two? And I want passive job seekers and I want active job seekers. And I just want to talk to him. And it was it was extremely enlightening to me because, you know, the first thing I said to him is, guys, I'm I'm a 56 year old man. I haven't done a resume since I was 22. So, you know, what the heck do I know about <laughs> what it's like to, to be recruited and to to go into an organization? And what exactly are you looking for? Because it's changing so rapidly, especially with work from home under covid, I think is rapidly changing how this is going to be approached. But back to kind of your core question i think i think one of the challenges we have as as a uh, uh, an industry and this this encapsulates every part of the audience that's that's you guys as the analysts and advisors it, it it's the vendors and it's and it's the companies um the challenge that we see that i see is the fact that companies that have been around a long time doing hard hr yeah. do not truly understand and haven't taken the time to think about what is soft HR. To, I mean, if you ask somebody in, in a normal, hey, uh, what, do you, what do you think is soft HR? You're asking that question right now. I'd say, uh, it's training, it's um, performance management, right? And, yeah. and we, performance management is something that I, I just loathe because I look at performance management as this uh, 
litigation pre prevention tool kind of thing. I think that's how it was originally positioned or thought about internally to HR organizations. It's something I have to do. I need to keep these records so that down the road, I have a, you know, I have a, a hard copy of it. And I think that it totally missed the point of what you're trying to do. You're trying to help your employees figure out where their weaknesses are and how they can strengthen themselves, how they can get better. Um, it's also the, no question for the employer, an opportunity to understand the, uh, you know, what is important to your employees? What makes a great employee? And that's where I think we get lost because again, the, the old time hard mm. providers just haven't yet understood what it is and they're still clinging too much to this um, HR uh, process based type of thought. And then you have the new guys that come around and there's a lot of them out there. I'm not going to name any of them, but that are purely soft players, right? And those are the ones you and I were talking about. They have some really cool concepts, but yeah. the challenge becomes how do you create ROI? How do you demonstrate in a sales cycle ROI? Bigger companies, and, and we've seen this in HR forever, right? We see mm -hmm. big companies adopt the new ideas sooner because they have a little more flexibility around budget and capability sometimes. More progressive companies will look and say, I can invest into some soft technology that I'm not going to get a tangible, can't define the tangible benefit today, but isn't that every marketing dollar ever spent? Every marketing dollar yes. ever spent is about creating your brand and your culture and getting people to understand who you are. And ultimately, um, I don't think we're doing, I, I don't think either one of those models is going to work because these guys on the hard side aren't going to, they're going to have a tough time getting their minds around where they need to be. And the guys on the soft side are having a hard time creating a, a, a down market, a viable business model. Now, what does that lead to? That yeah. leads to consolidation. So I think <laughs> we're going to see that come together. That has its own set of challenges. Um, but when I look at it, as I've stepped back and kind of said, what is soft HR and what would I want to accomplish? I'm a business owner, right? What, yeah. what do I want to accomplish from, for my you know, 150 employees? Well, um, I want to make sure that every time we hire, we get the best candidate applying and wanting to be working for people strategy. I, I, my goal that I've laid out for the company is to be a destination employer. You want to be the place that people say, I want to work there because they care about their employees. They have great policies to help manage work-life balance and all of those things. But um, how do you do that? And then once you've gotten that person uh, to be interested in your company and you hire them, how do I gauge who that person is to clearly be able to not only help them develop if they're if they're self-aware they know where their weaknesses are if they're not their peers are going to know where their weaknesses are <laughs> and and hopefully they can take that that uh, um, self-reflection to and we can provide the tools to help them be able to self-reflect improve and get better so what you and i had talked about one of the challenges is if if i'm trying to sell soft hr only today it's really hard to create the roi in the down in the mid market if i'm uh willing and able, which is where I think we have an, an inter interesting uh, viewpoint on it, yeah. I can not <clears throat> focus on what the analysts, no no offense to anybody, uh, say, but you know, it's all, we've heard so much about predictive hiring and, and, and all yeah. of the predictive analytics and, whatnot, and there's no question that can happen. But 
I sure don't want to be the sales guy that has to go into a 150 man company that's that's you know struggled their way through COVID and had to really tighten their belt left and right and say, hey, I want to bring you the solution that if you use it right, three years from now, you're going to get some value out of it. And I can't tell you exactly what it is yet. That's a tough sell. But if I'm your delivering your hard HR and I'm a forward thinking vendor, I can begin to, I call it plant seeds, right? I can begin to plant seeds into my product that don't cost you anything. You're, you're paying for the core things that you get from me, HR benefits and payroll time. Now I can start to basically use in my processes without charging anything else. It goes back to the old days of when we used to get a release every couple of years in the, in the enterprise world and get so excited when we saw new, <laughs> new gadgets and new things that were coming. Um, that's kind of been lost in the SaaS world since everything turns so fast and you know, your releases are pretty much constantly and constant and iterative. Um, but what I, I like then see the idea of is that I can actually begin to build into our product suite capabilities that employers will want to use, there's no cost associated with them, so they're excited about it, and and uh, your term tricked. The point yeah. is, if they, are, if they are utilizing these tools to get benefit today, an example I gave you before was, was just embedded survey capability, right? Yes, there's so exactly. many ways that I can, uh, I can uh, deliver a survey tool that, that my HR administrators, you know, my clients, can utilize to create value, culture value, and everything else in their in their shop. But the beautiful thing is if that's what you're focused on, you're getting value. And behind the scenes, I'm actually gaining data and information that today isn't giving me a trend line. Tomorrow's not giving me a trend line. But three years from now, after you've been creating value the whole time for yourself around that, I should be able to come with some new advancements and new features that I go, hey, you know that stuff you've been doing for the past three years? It's all in our database. We have all of it. And look, we've put an analytic tool over it. We've put these specific things that show you insights into what what is it that your employees care most about? What are they gaining the most? So, And you know what's interesting about that is at the very least, that's a customer retention tool, you know, at the very least. It's so much more, but it's but it is a customer retention uh, tool. Absolutely. By the way, uh, as an aside, I I think we would be remiss not to marvel at your background. Um, <laughs> Pun intended. <laughs> yes. You know, actually, I was I I was afraid for a moment that it was DC Comics instead, but I thought it would work either way. <laughs> anyway, um, you know, I just want to go back to something you said earlier. Um, around performance management and sort of the genesis. What, what were the origins of performance management? We all know it was, you know, companies wanted to basically have an audit trail. They wanted to protect themselves in the event that they need to, you know, let somebody go or for whatever reason. Um, but, but one thing that's, that's interesting is going back to this idea of abstract versus concrete HCM versus, versus concrete and abstract HCM. It really is and. I think because you look at performance management, there was always the opportunity. There was always just baked into the idea or the notion of performance management or or, or nurturing the performance of an employee. There was always this idea of 
being able to help the employee become better and to improve that relationship between the employee and the organization. So even though the origins of performance management were all fixated on, on the concrete abstract of performance management, it always had the abstract um, potentiality. There was always a potentiality of abstract there from the beginning. And this is the thing about abstract and concrete HCM. I don't think I have um, encountered a single concrete abstract, excuse me, concrete apps, uh, aspect, excuse me, of HCM that that is not also abstract. Even even the most concrete, you know, I think we can all agree the most concrete aspect of HCM is, is payroll, probably, right? I mean, what is more concrete than paying people uh, for the job they do? I mean, that's essential. You know, that's the essence of the exchange of labor for remuneration. Um, but even that has an emotional aspect to it there's there's a there's a there's an abstract quality to payroll and you know we're stretching the meaning of the word abstract here but it's a tool to help people understand what we're what we're referring to here i mean imagine somebody missing their payday uh or getting paid less than they were supposed to uh that's that's an incredibly um impactful event on the employee that is going to have a bad effect on uh, employee engagement. That person sure. might even leave. It could be a really important, uh, hard to replace employee. So I just think, you know, it's interesting that that so much of HCM um, companies get into it because it's seen as something that they have to do. And what's the definition of have to do? Well, there's sort of a limited scope of uh, vision in terms of the definition of scope of, of have to of what we have to do, um, but we actually have to do the abstract too, and so it's interesting. Well, yeah, let me let me flip that around on you because I, I I I agree with you, um, but let me give you a different analogy than payroll, which is mm -hmm. again hard, hard HR. At the end of the day, it's really got it's data right underneath it. It's data. I have data about every employee that I need their taxes, their deductions everything about them to manage their, them through my corporate processes, right? And so the point you were making is, hey, if my corporate process breaks, I'm gonna create damage to my culture. That's an absolutely correct statement. But I would also argue that historically, because of not, uh, not always, not all companies have yet reached the point that they have a strong core triviriad of HR benefits and payroll technology. Once those things are strong, and in place, that's the time that your HR professionals get to stretch their legs. That's the yeah. moment when they don't have to spend a whole day worrying about getting their payroll done and getting it right. They have more opportunity to try and think of other things. Now, where that comes into play is I think we have not yet had a historically had the, the opportunity to try for corporations to try creative culture building type policies and then know if they're successful through data. So mm -hmm. it's great to have a pot. Like for instance, I'll, I'll, I'll use an example. Uh, I don't know, six years ago or so, I read an article about uh, DTO, discretionary time off, which is basically mm -hmm. unlimited PTO, right? Yeah. And the first articles that I read um, had a real negative connotation associated with it. And the uh, from the employee's viewpoint, and the, the employee's viewpoint was, hey, the only reason you're doing this is because then you're going to be able to hold it against me if I take too much time off, right? Yeah. And 
what's beautiful though is every company that's put in a DTO type policy that uses a hard HR system that monitors time and PTO policy, vacation time, et cetera, they have now the data to prove how efficient it can be. And all you, at People Strategy, we've had a DTO policy for, I don't know, over five years now where we got rid of all vacation, all sick time. And we simply say to every employee, you can take as much time off as you need to find the right work-life balance that you need. Now, yeah. that comes with requirements on both sides, right? It, it means that employees can't, can't abuse it, but it means also that employers can't use it against the employee. What we actually found <laughs> is we found that we actually have to work with all of our mid-managers constantly training them and pushing them to make to be the to be the positive force to get their employees to take time off because I don't know about other companies but we just have really dedicated employees that yeah. work 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 and you're like no go home so <laughs> take some time <laughs> yeah so it's, it's so we actually you know we police our DTO policy to make sure it's being used enough where yeah. um you know once you have that data you have that ability to look and keep an eye on it and see is it having the right impacts that you want on your culture going back to surveys if now i can survey my employees once a year or not once a year once a quarter and say hey tell me what the top three perks are of working at this company that you like right i'm going to find out pretty quick whether dto gets listed as one of them you know we do sabbaticals these these are things that kind of uh abstract culture building policies that companies have toyed with, but because they've never been able to ultimately come around and then have the head of HR, you know, the CHRO hand a report to the, the CEO and say, here, you can see how we've improved because of these popular things that we're doing. Now we're getting to that point. And it's, and it's our jobs as vendors to help provide the tools that are going to help uh, HR companies be able to spend more, a larger percentage of their time on those strategic soft pieces of their business and and yet have the analytical data to be able to to justify the decisions that they're making well it's interesting with the with the dto example right um i mean the data shattered smashed the uh the assumption that if you institute dto everyone's going to just take all the time off they want willy-nilly and we're all going to Go to hell in a handbasket. I mean, that, yeah. it doesn't happen. Um, at least at um, at, at uh, the organization that you mentioned, and my guess is that it typically doesn't happen. But but you, there's no way to shatter that false assumption without having that technology in place, which I think is uh, sort of a reiteration of or a paraphrasing of what of what you said, which is really interesting. And there's there's also this 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 jumping to conclusions. Uh, that is in that thinking, and I think also in the concrete versus abstract thinking in general, right? There's a jumping to conclusion, well, you know, yeah, that abstract stuff sounds nice, but we got to focus on this uh, concrete stuff. That's what's important. Uh, you know, it's interesting, You and, and you also brought up something that, that, that I think really gets to the crux of this. Um, where, you know, there's a, some ways to think about this, you know, for, Recently, I've been thinking, okay, where does the technology end and the leadership begin, right? What's the right mix there? You know, is it obviously doesn't take just leadership. You need the right technology in place, but also doesn't just take technology. You need the right leadership in place. Um, but it's not, I don't think it's linear where they're kind of meeting each other necessarily. It's more, it's more of a, you know, what's the right mix or, 
how do you get to that point? Um, I'm. Am I making any sense, right? So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah you are, and but you are, and again, it all depends on the audience too, right? Our focus at People Strategy is is the small to mid market, right? Um, anywhere up to you know, we can go really high. We just don't, right? We we did before, and we were like, that's not where we want to be. You know, our to me, the perfect customer for us is you know, a hundred to two hundred employees, and they're young enough as an organization that they're realizing that these things are important. They're being led by folks that are going, we need to find the balance between technology and leadership. And in many cases, they don't have a resource to do that. I don't know if I used this term the other day with you, but to me, it's it, I consider us a Sherpa. That's, that's our job is to help our clients understand how, how they can utilize technology merge it with great thought processes and, and leadership around culture to ultimately create a solution. So if we can Sherpa them, we can guide them, we can help them um, put those things together. As you know, we do. We focus a lot on the benefits side of the house. And I get kind of upset because when you say employee benefits, everybody immediately says health and welfare, right? Yeah. And that's just such a small part of what that term should mean, right? There's so many benefits that I as an employer need to provide to my employees to make them want to work at the company that I'm at. And it's not just that you gave me medical and dental at a good, reasonable price with a good plan. There's so much more to it. So we're, that's where we're really, you know, since uh, we did an acquisition in, uh, uh, four or five years ago and got ourselves into that space, as we've really started focusing a lot more effort on that side, we're seeing the ability to really coach customers and help them through those thought processes that maybe maybe they're not ready, you know, they, they haven't grown into and they're getting ready to grow into it. I want to help them start that journey through, you know, understanding how they can find the right balance. Well, the other thing is that, you know, um, I think an, an inescapable byproduct of that is you're probably going to save those organizations money because you're going to help those employees uh, understand what type of plans they need or other types of benefits that they might want or not want. And um, I've seen that, you know, in a previous life, you know, that kind of deep consultative high touch approach. Mm -hmm. It, it helps organizations save money. So, so it seems like a, um, a nice to have up front, but it's, uh, it's nice to have because it is nice to have. Um, well, remember, remember when I said before that, you know, I kind of uh, talked about the, a little jokingly and a little facetiously, but not really, the, that we used to have the triberia together back in the 80s and then they split apart in the 90s and aughts, right? HR went here, benefits went there, payroll went there. Um, now that we're getting that hard HR, you know, triberia back together, um, I think that just the fact that technology has moved so much further in the past decade, um, we are at a really interesting inflection point for HR, where it used to be that I would need to build that entire platform end to end to do all these crazy things that I'm not an expert at. Now, there are companies out there that, that specifically focus in one specific portion of the huge HR silo, right? Whether it's learning management, whether it's it's uh, rewards and recognition, whatever it is, there's a lot of them out there and they do them really great, right? So now we have an opportunity in a, with with service layer architecture and 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 the really the kind of the global acceptance or industry acceptance of, of shared APIs between vendors. It puts us in a really interesting place where we are able to kind of, intellectually consultatively understand what is it that is would really be a soft driver 
for our, our clients. And then we can find the right way to bring those things in. Like a, a one example, I mean, benefits again, HR, everybody thinks about medical and dental, but you know, a huge benefit that we're seeing uptake on now is um, student loan forgiveness with our partner uh, Peanut Butter. So, mm. uh, so ultimately, there you know they specifically focus on on a program that allows employers to uh, to basically match and pay off principal on mm. on debt for their employees. What a great great benefit to a Gen Z you know uh, employee who's who's trying to figure out how they're going to take care of their their uh, college debt. So all of those things, just the fact that individual uh, uh, entities are picking up slices of soft and doing it, and the fact that now we have the technology to more efficiently integrate and tightly integrate that that uh, specific niche piece is just, uh, it's going to be a godsend to our industry over the next five years. And 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 being not a one size fits all for those soft pieces, right? Because it's yeah, a different yeah. type of um, it's a different type of thing that might matter to a boomer or a Gen Xer versus that that Gen Z or maybe millennial who's struggling with their debt. You know, we are actually out of time. <laughs> it we went by so fast. That's why. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I, I, thanks, Randy. This has been fantastic. We'll have to do another one of these soon. Um, just lots of stuff to think about. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. I it was wonderful. I love, I always love chatting with you guys. Thanks. Take care and have a wonderful weekend. Take care. Hope it gets warmer for you. Yeah, me too.